Have you ever wondered where you really stand with God? Are you overcome with feelings of guilt because of things you've done wrong? Are you tired of religion that focuses on rules that you can't keep? Have we got good news for you? It's time to listen in on some casual conversation with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski and discover what true freedom is all about. This is Growing in Grace. Woohoo! Here we go. Another party here on the Growing in Grace podcast with me, Mike Kapler, and that guy over there, Joel Brzezinski. We're glad yeah, you me. found us. Growingandgrace.org. You know, Joel, I recently, uh, my wife and I were out of town for a couple of days, and, and we stumbled onto some people who were from Iowa and had our little, hey, how you doing? Are we going to the Cubs game? Yeah, we're going to the game, too. Then a, a day or so later, we ran into him again when they were leaving the hotel, and we were getting ready to leave pretty soon, too. But we ended up having a conversation uh, you know, about what part of Iowa were you from, and do you go to church somewhere? And, and then it led from there. It turns out the guy does uh, some missions work and, and different things in the ministry. Even his dad knew our pastor pretty well. And so um, it was just a kind of a small world. I say all that to say, because I sort of felt like, hey, maybe this guy and I will want to talk again someday. So I said, you know what? I do a podcast with a friend of mine. We've been doing it for almost 15 years. And so he he wrote it down, you know, growingingrace.org. Told him he could find the programs there. And if he ever wanted to reach out, Joel runs the website. Just uh, send us a message and then we'll go from there. But he was going to be on the road for a while. So he was going to plug it in. Cool. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it's I'm fun. sorry. It's fun being able to share that with people. Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry that you had to go to a Cubs game, but other than that, it, yeah. the, the rest of the yeah. story is pretty cool. Yeah. And I hear you got to see the cookie monster. Yeah. <laughs> we, I could spend three podcasts on that. Let's, <laughs> yeah. Let's not do that. Started. Oh, yeah, he, let's not go down that seven, He sang the seventh inning stretch. <laughs> cookie. Well, <laughs> C stands for covenant. <laughs> That's it. There you go. See, I'll go. I'll run with that. That's the word of the day. N C. So people hear us talk about this radical grace we've been talking about all this time, and it, it can be very different from some of the traditional teachings that most of us have been brought up with. So we've had a real change of mind here. Joel has, I have, perhaps you have too, or maybe you're going through it. And one of those things that people will come down on you about, if once you start to run with the, this grace race, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, people will say, oh, you got to be careful. Watch out. Be, oh, that's, that's extreme grace. You got to be careful. It's hyper. It's greasy it's slippery, it's cheap, it'll give you a license. I mean, they come up with all this stuff that's not in the Bible about grace, as if grace is a dangerous thing. Ooh, ooh, you got to be careful of that. Be careful, be careful. You know, they'll tell you that you don't need any law, and, you know, they're going to be all out of balance. You need a balance between law and grace. It's just stuff that isn't there, and, and it's prohibiting people from experiencing a greater knowledge of the truth. Because, you see, what would be realized through Jesus is grace and truth. And so you can't have too much grace. I, I just don't understand where people are coming from with this thing. I, I, well, I really do, because I, I guess I was in their camp for many years of being a Christian in traditional churchianity. But— People get concerned, Joel, that this thing that we're doing here with this grace thing and telling people that they are no longer under the law of commandments, that uh, that's going to lead to more sinning. We started to address this last week. We came to the conclusion based on some things that we read in the New Testament, and we barely even covered a fraction of them. 
about how the law causes sin to increase, not decrease. And let's go back in time when God gave the law to the Jews. It wasn't to help bring a higher level of morality. That's not why the law was given. The law was given to help people realize they couldn't live up to it, they couldn't keep it, and it was all designed, all throughout the Old Testament pages, it was designed to deflect them, not to try to bring them in to absorb the law, but it was to deflect them, like stone. Throw, <laughs> throw something off a rock, what happens? It's going to bounce off somewhere. People were bouncing off the stones, and they were not successfully penetrating those commandments, but they were unable to keep them. And so it would deflect them and point them up you're going to have to go down the road here. There's a Messiah coming, and it's going to be a whole different thing. It's going to be a whole different covenant. I heard a, a famous grace teacher who I like make a statement recently that we grace people even have to be careful about how we tout the new covenant when we should be touting Jesus. Well, I'll just slightly disagree a little bit because, you see, Jesus is the covenant. Mm -hmm. The book of Isaiah prophesied that God would give him as a covenant to the people. So when we talk about the covenant, we're really talking about Jesus, who is grace. Um, but what I was going though with, with this, Joel, as we started last week, the law and commandments do not reduce sin. It causes sin to increase. It strengthens sin. And grace doesn't give people a license to sin. <laughs> right. It's just not there. Grace, I think I've got this pulled up. Titus chapter 2, and you've heard this on the program before, the grace of God appeared. You see, when grace appeared, it was Jesus who appeared. When Jesus appeared, it was grace who appeared. Grace came. It brought salvation to all men, instructing us to deny ungodliness and worldly desires and to live sensibly, righteously, and godly in the present age. That's the power of grace in our lives. Now, can people go out and just decide, well, I'm just going to go sin as much as I want? Uh, yeah, they can do that, but that's not grace motivating them to do that. That's just their own lust. That's just getting messed up with the flesh. On the other side of that coin, you've got people trying to establish righteousness through keeping the commandments. Paul also called that a work of the flesh. Yeah, that's also flesh. The flesh works both ways. I'm glad you read that from Titus because there's a great misunderstanding of what the grace of God is. I mean, I used to think that grace was just for when I, when I sinned. Then I would turn to grace, and then put it back on the shelf until I sinned again. Then I needed God's grace again. And that's a very weak version of grace. I mean, it's true that we need, you know, that grace is there because of our sins. I mean, grace came as a result of our sins. God's grace came. Sin abounded and uh, grace abounded all the more. But grace is also the power of God in our daily lives. You don't need to have sin in your life in order to need grace. <laughs> you need grace because as human beings, we do not naturally have the power of God at work in us. We need that power, and that's his grace that's at work in us. And so when we're talking about grace, we're not just talking about something that, quote, covers sin. No, we're talking about the power of God at work in our lives. The problem with the law, finding fault with them, that's what Hebrews, Hebrews 8, 8 says. This is what happened under that old covenant. God found fault with the people. That's all that the law could do. Paul calls the law bondage. He says it's the ministry of death and the ministry of condemnation. He says it brings guilt. Paul says things like, when the commandment came, sin 
revived, and I died. Sin was brought to life. Sin abounded. The law is the strength of sin. I don't know how many more things Paul needed to say about the law to get it through the minds of some people that that's what the law was. You were saying, either in this time or last time, that um, we're not against the law. And that's true. The law is good, just, and holy. There's nothing wrong with the law in and of itself. The problem is that as weak human beings, the law can do nothing about our weakness, can do nothing about our sin, and it can only pronounce uh, death and condemnation and guilt and bondage. So we needed to be delivered from that, and grace is the very thing that has delivered us from that. Here's the thing about grace. Here's the thing about God's love at work in our lives. And, And the more we know God and his love and his grace— It does not lead us to want to commit adultery, to want to covet, to want to go out and live licentiously. That's not what grace does. That's not what the love of God does. John said, in this is love, not that we loved God, but that he first loved us. That is what we need to grow in. Again, just like we can't be saying you you can't have too much grace, you also can't say you you, uh, you can't have too much love. Because God is love. So if you're saying you can't preach love too much because God is love. So you can't be saying that. And the more you grow and get to know God's love for you and his grace for you, that is the power of God at work in your life. That is where overcoming comes, so to speak. That's where this whole idea of overcoming the things of this world. Jesus said, I have overcome the world, so be of good cheer. That's his grace at work in us. It's the exact opposite of our fleshly efforts to either do good or to stop sinning. Uh, we think that those are good things when, when we're trying to do it. God, I'm trying. I'm really trying. I'm really trying to stop doing this. I'm really trying to be good. Uh, But that's not what God wants. He wants us to rest from our efforts at trying to do good and instead rest in his grace. And and, uh, the law certainly does not help us. It's uh, it's actually the uh, the opposite of help is what the law does. Exact opposite. We've got it so turned inside out. It's just um, it can be discouraging, but it's this is why we do the podcast every week, because we're so encouraged by the gospel not a watered-down, tainted version of it, but the real gospel will, will set you free. But people have been freed from the law. They're dead to the law. We're in a, a whole different place here now in Jesus Christ. You just can't, you can't mix. And by the way, if you're going to try to say, well, we should still abide by the law, well, which part of the law? Which ones? Exactly, specifically. Mm-hmm. And which ones are you going to keep out? You know, out of those 613 commandments, some of which we think apply today and some of which we think do not. You can't do that. You can't break the law up. And so we're hypocritical when we say we should be keeping the law. Or people get all riled up about the Sabbath. Well, the Sabbath. Uh, Are you keeping about 39 different rules, commandments, and statutes that are under the banner of remember the Sabbath, keep it holy? I don't think you probably are. And when we talk about the law in the world around us today, the different laws that are in effect, hundreds, thousands of laws on the books— I'll bet, Joel, that you and I hardly know what most of them are. We haven't gone down to the courthouse to look them up. There's so many laws on the books, and they keep adding more. And we don't know what most of them are. So it doesn't mean that we're breaking the law by not trying to keep them. You know, In other words, I, I didn't go down and get the list from the courthouse. I haven't looked them up. But that doesn't mean I'm breaking them. You know? <laughs> and that's how it is for us today. We, we don't necessarily try to live by a law that can't give life. That doesn't mean we're breaking the law. 
we're just living in the, in the ministry of the Spirit now. It's something very different as it replaced uh, a ministry of death and condemnation, as you referred to it earlier. Yeah, and that's really what it is, the ministry of the Spirit. In the past, we've done a series on on that, I think, uh, the ministry of the Spirit, because when Paul talks about the ministry of death and condemnation in Second Corinthians, he contrasts that with the ministry of the Spirit. The ministry of the law was death and condemnation. And then the ministry of life, the ministry of the Spirit, that is what we live in now. I know it's a difficult thing for some people to comprehend and, and to understand. I need rules. I need something to lead me and guide me. I need a, something written that I can just do this, and I'll go do it. But that's the thing. That does not work. As much as you think it might work, <laughs> it doesn't work. All the people who were under that law for thousands of years, it didn't work for them. Peter says it's not going to work for the Gentiles. So here's the thing. Trust in Christ in you. Trust in the Holy Spirit, the ministry of the Holy Spirit. God is at work in you to will and to do according to his good pleasure. He who began a good work in you, he is the one who's faithful to bring it to completion. Well, you know, in the church today, of course, they'll tell you that salvation is offered free by grace. It's a gift. Then they get you in there. They tell you all the stuff that you gotta do in order to maintain this right standing with God. Watch out for the old bait and switch. We'll talk about that next week right here on the podcast, Growing in Grace at growingingrace.org. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski. Heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. To access hundreds of past programs, visit graceroots.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.